Welcome to Legacy Builders, strategies for building successful family enterprises, brought to you by Beacon Family Office at Asante Financial Management Limited. I'm your host, Cora Gagnon, Senior Wealth Advisor, and on this show, we explore global ideas, concepts, and models to help family enterprises better navigate the complexities of family wealth. Today, we're delving into the dynamic intersection of business advisory and family enterprise with our guest, Shauna Frederick. Sean is a seasoned CPA and family enterprise advisor with expertise as both a female entrepreneur and on-the-go CFO. She eases accounting complexities for business owners. As the founder of Frederick OTG, Shauna's diverse experience spans sectors, equipping her to adeptly guide entrepreneurs through financial challenges. Advocating for entrepreneurship, diversity, and women's rights, she actively volunteers in key leadership roles. Shauna's extensive engagement with female entrepreneurs, committees, partners, and government officials underscores her commitment to enhance financial literacy through initiatives like The Finance Cafe, a business podcast for women entrepreneurs that breaks through the money taboo and explores what's behind the numbers. My goal is to be the most curious person in today's conversation with Shauna Frederick, where we discuss the value of embracing uncertainty and the strength in admitting, I don't know, especially for women in family enterprises. We delve into the challenges faced by the rising generation, emphasizing the need for continuous learning and open communication. Additionally, Shauna emphasizes the importance of advisors adopting a collaborative approach, understanding the complexity Flex dynamics within family enterprises for comprehensive advice. Let's dive right in and start learning how to take control of your wealth to realizing the lasting legacy you're intentionally working towards. Together, we're building family legacies. Welcome, Sean, and we're we're excited to have you today and uh, to have you share your your wealth of knowledge and expertise. Shall we dive in? Let's dive in. And first of all, thank you, Corey, for uh, inviting me on the show. I'm excited to. Uh, Follow some of your previous guests, which are true role models for me, for sure. Awesome. All right, Shauna. Well, a question that I ask each guest uh, on the show, and I hope you're ready for this one uh, to get us started. Imagine that you're delivering a commencement speech to the graduating class of 2023, and you have the chance to inspire them with your story. How would you begin your speech to convey the the incredible lessons and expertise that you've gained uh, along your career? Corey, it's such a great question. And and I love that you start each episode this way. And I think for me, it would start with understanding the power of saying, I don't know. Far too many times I've seen people ridiculed for not knowing an answer to a question. And let's face it, we work our way through school with a textbook and the expectation that when called upon in class, we should know the answer, right? But the real world doesn't work that way. It doesn't come with a textbook. We can prepare, we can educate ourselves, continue to learn, but there will be times when we're asked a question and as hard as it is, we sometimes have to say, you know what, I'm not sure, but let me look into it and get back to you. Or better yet, dissect the question a bit, right? Ask a few more questions to flush out the more information surrounding the question. Doing so ensures that you're answering the right question. But again, sometimes the answer is going to be, I'm not sure but let me look into that and get back to you. And Corey, this is especially hard for women starting their careers, climbing that corporate ladder, breaking through that glass ceiling. Trust me, I've been there. Absolutely. You know what, Corey, it's going to quickly help you assess 
if you're surrounded by the right people, because those that are accepting your honesty are truly the ones that you want to be around. And as one of my favorite authors so famously quotes in his book, Think Again, this is Adam Grant, if knowledge is power, knowing what we don't know is wisdom. That's great. And well quoted, Shauna. I love Adam's books and uh, there's a lot, a lot to unpack within those and such a great quote. You mentioned the ridicule and and how hard it is to start out, you know, specifically you mentioned women, but I think of specifically family enterprises and, and the shadow that's cast upon the rising generation. Can you go a little bit more into, you know, how do you think that uh, applies into the, the next generation and how families can change that culture a little bit? Of course. And, and with the, the next generation coming through, I mean, you are trying to prove not only to, you know, the family business, but to your family that you're ready for this challenge, that you have, you know, all of the knowledge that you need when it takes time to build that knowledge. Right? so it's even saying it's being able to say to your mom or your dad or your aunt or your uncle or your siblings, you know what, I don't know, but what can we do to get me up to speed in this particular area? So this notion of educating that rising generation, communicating with that rising generation to truly provide them with the knowledge that they need and, and asking questions. It's the continuous asking of questions uh, that really helps these family enterprises succeed. Absolutely. And as the family shifts that culture and, and really promotes the fact that there is an education gap, where, where do you think that that acknowledgement begins and the journey to have those families change the way that they approach from their advisors, from the way that they, they operate with employees? There's so much that, you know, the I don't know could step in. You're absolutely right. And it, it starts, it's it's everybody's responsibility from the top down, from the bottom up, right? We all need to be continuously learning as we're climbing this ladder. I've seen, you know, too many times that next generation coming in and they have these great ideas and they are great ideas, but you have enough, you have the first generation or the second generation that's there and they've built, you know, something that they, they are preserving. They built this legacy, this enterprise that they want to carry on. So this gradual shifting of the first generation educating the sec second generation, the second generation educating the first generation, because we all can come at things from a different perspective. But we'll talk about it a little bit further in our conversation when it comes to family values, making sure that all of these conversations surround surrounding education tie back to what are the values of the family? How can we maintain that legacy, the mission, the vision, the values of the family as we're educating each other? And bringing in expert advisors, because sometimes we need, you know, an outside perspective to make sure that we can come to the table and have that good conversation surrounding education and the learning on both sides. Absolutely. And nice transition into the, the conversation of advisors, because, you know, a business might have been created, you know, by one generation, you know, we don't do it alone. And learning how to work with those advisors from the family perspective and the advisors learning how to work with the family. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on, on that for us, Shauna? Yeah, of course. And this is where having that great family advisor is so important from that family enterprise perspective. And I just, I think it's important that we also define this concept of family enterprise. And I'm sure you've done it on your, on your show in the past, but when I think about a family enterprise, it's more than just the family business. 
And we have a family business that's run by family members. But when we think to that family enterprise, it's truly encompassing the family's overall wealth. That includes the family business, the family assets, real estate, philanthropic interest, human and non-financial assets. So it's bringing together this you know, wide variety of assets. And as advisors, we'll start working with one generation. And we have to remember that we can't just build a relationship with you know, mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. It's really encompassing this, the entire you know, community that's surrounding this family enterprise that we don't become biased as we're advising this family enterprise because the legacy, the values, the vision, the mission, that's something that advisors, we need to be aware of. And we need to make sure that as that enterprise transitions through generations, that that legacy is maintained, those conversations are maintained. So from an advisor perspective, so important that we're taking our bias, leaving it at the door, understanding that we're working for this community, not just, you know, mom and dad, if those are the original owners. Absolutely. And I appreciate, I think that defining the family enterprise and and really what we're talking about as well is something that can't be done too often. Uh, as you said, you know, we've, we've had these conversations on the show already, but reminding our listeners that the family enterprise is not just a business and you know the business actually might be have gone and, and sold at this mm-hmm. point so understanding that yes there's still more to be done and that we're we're not the advisors that were there for the business they don't necessarily always go away uh, once the business isn't there so true and it's also keeping in mind and i can't remember that the stat but the the number of advisors that end up being let go as the generations transition is higher than one would hope and it likely comes back to that notion of where your relationships are being built and if you understand this notion of this family enterprise they have a common goal of you know creating growing the assets and passing it down through the generations you as an advisor need to make sure that you're thinking about all the generations, building those relationships, understanding the perspectives of each one of those individuals. Absolutely. Shauna, from the family's perspective, how do you think they could go about ensuring that their legacy is preserved with the advisors who are working with them as, as those generations and, and roles are changing hands? Well, that's a great question, right? And it's it's coming at it from a perspective of it's not, this is not going to be one individual, right? There cannot possibly be one individual that's working with your family enterprise that can possibly know everything. It goes back to, you know, my first comment about you can't possibly know everything. So it's understanding that you're selecting sort of a lead family advisor, you know, that key person that can bring in the lawyers and the bankers and the insurance advisors, the financial advisors. If you're into real estate, you know, that great real estate advisor so that you have this collective team around you that is bringing you the wealth of information that they have in their in their sector. Because you want the best of the best working for you so that they can advise you in the technical areas that they know best. And more importantly, that they're working together as a collective group for you. Right. So it's it's having having those, you know, the variety of people around you. And for some of the family enterprises out there that are just starting, you're going, whoa, that's a lot of people. (laughs) This could be. And the first thing that many people think is, wow, that's going to cost a lot of money. But when you're first starting out, it's understanding, okay, so who do I need right now? And maybe I can, you know, have conversations with other family enterprises to learn the best of the best from them, right? 
joining groups within the industries that you're that you're focused in, right? Or or joining different webinars, you know, signing up with the Family Enterprise Canada to get information from them. So it's really this collective gathering of information and selecting those advisors as you continue to grow. Because what you need today might not be what you need in 10 years or in five years or in two years. So it's understanding that as you continue to grow that base and bring in those additional generations, that your advisors are going to change with you. Right. And I I love what you said in the, who do I need right now? So it's a conversation of who, not how, and relate nicely back to the power of saying, I don't know. It, It might not be that we need to go gather the information, but enough information to say, who do we need? And hopefully the the advisors who are already advising the family can can identify that and, and help with that as well. So important and making sure that those advisors are listening to all the all the members at the table, that there's not alliances, because when we start to create those alliances among uh, individuals and advisors, that's really where communication and trust can break down, which we'll talk about later. I, I love it. Now, going back to, and we've talked about vision and values briefly, but can you kind of elaborate from your perspective and the role that you've played within family enterprises, how important that is to you as an advisor and to the families? Yeah, you know, let's face it, right? The reality is, is that family enterprises are challenging because of the overlap between the family, the business and ownership. So really, you have these three intersected systems that are working together. You don't just have a business that has some ownership. You're bringing together this family ownership and business. And different family members are going to bring to the table different perspectives. They're going to wear different hats at different times. And it's important to remember this as we're working through, which which I find to be one of the most challenging yet rewarding exercises of coming up with the family's vision mission and values. So when we think to vision, right, this is really looking it down to what do you want to achieve in the future? What do you want for your family? What do you wish for the business? How do you want to be remembered? And then when we look to mission, this is how you're going to achieve that vision. So vision is the what and the mission is the how. And if you haven't gone through this exercise before, there's tons of resources online. There's tons of experts that can come in and help your family walk through this because defining what your vision and mission is as a family enterprise can be your guiding post moving forward. And that's where your family values come in. And so family values are so important. And you can start this conversation by coming together as a family, right? Just sitting around the table and talking about what's important to you. What are some of your values? Right. Start start documenting what common values are. Have a conversation surrounding the why behind those values. Why is this important to you? Why is this more important to you? Right. Really having that clarity surrounding that. And then the conversation can be narrowed down to a reasonable list of common values that are going to be your family's guiding post as you move through this journey of your family enterprise. And then making sure that your advisors are aware, this is our vision, our mission, our values, and that as the next generation comes in, you're continuing to share this knowledge and information with them. Because as you start to make decisions throughout your family enterprise's journey, you can always go back to, does this decision align with our family's value, our mission, and our vision? 
That's great. And I, I want to take it a little bit back to the comment you made, Shana, of saying, I don't know, and how it, people can be ridiculed for that in a lot of contexts, and how past experiences may have created that reaction to say, I can't say that as a leader in my family enterprise, whether it's a leader who's been there for many decades or somebody who's who's part of the rising generation. And I, I want to go back to a little bit of having those conversations of the vision, mission, and values and how that plays in as far as family confidence goes and the confidence in transitions or the confidence in that vision and the execution. How do you think that families can work within that challenge of, are we confident that we're going to be able to execute on that mission? Yeah. And it's going to be challenging because it's going to be a lot of work. And let's face it, reality is some things change over time. But what we always want to start with is sort of that guiding framework that you as a family can move forward with and getting there. Yeah. You're sitting around the table and you have mom that's been leading the family enterprise for five years. And she's maybe not clear on what some of the, the the vision is for the company moving forward. How does she articulate that, you know what, I'm not sure where this is going now. And it's starting by asking questions to the next generation to, you know, get a, get a conversation going around where do they see this going? While remembering as mom, my values are still going to remain the same, but I also have to remember that I may not be here for, you know, X number of years. And I need to make sure that where this, the direction of this family enterprise is going, the next generation wants to continue with that. So it is have bringing that confidence to the table and also setting aside when you walk into that family meeting, setting aside, you know, relationships between siblings. You know, we're not talking to, you know, the siblings that we were as, as teenagers or as young kids fighting on the playground, right? The, the parental you know, child relationship. I'm no longer talking to my, you know, six-year-old who won't eat their peas at the dinner table. <laughs> We're all now adults sitting around the table. And, and it is, it's, it's having the courage and the confidence to say, okay, this is, you know, something that, that I'm worried about that I need to bring up. And if we're finding that those difficult conversations can't be had, just bringing the family together, bringing in an advisor to start leading those conversations, to potentially guide those conversations. Because when you bring in an outside perspective, they can stop the conversation to say, okay, things are getting a little bit heated. Let's take five minutes, go outside, take a deep breath, because we're not going to get to a place that we're all comfortable with by bringing up you know, history, historical relationships or bad blood. We need to be able to to articulate this is what we want to achieve as a family. And is it going to be perfect? What family is perfect? <laughs> but it's just, it's having the confidence and the courage to say, maybe we can't do this on our own. Let's bring in an outside perspective to help us get there. That's great. Yes. Having a facilitator in the room can speed things up, can maintain those relationships and ensure that those conversations are, are headed in the right direction. And from a, a financial perspective, Shauna, being that your role and you've got a, a couple different hats, but from your perspective, financial confidence and, and financial literacy, how do you see families as you've worked with them 
you know, say maybe they they have got to this place where as a family, they understand where they're headed and, and what is important to them. And now they're looking at what resources do they have available and how do you approach that? This is one of the key areas where I see um, families potentially not allocating enough resource or education to. And to no fault of women, because it's usually the women at the table that are um, not seeing the financial information, but the importance of sharing all of the information with all of the family members who are involved here to make sure that they understand. And as advisors, especially financial advisors, it is our role to make sure that everyone at that table understands what that financial picture looks like. Because far too many times I have seen in meetings where somebody will say, oh, just sign here. It's, you know, just just sign on the dotted line. Don't worry, it's fine. And somebody else around the table, yeah, just sign. But at the end of the day, you are now putting your your name on something that is legally binding, uh, could be tax consequential. You know, there's a number of different impacts around it that it, it is coming to that back to confidence and, and courage to say, I don't know what this is telling me. I don't know what I'm signing. You need to explain it one more time. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not I'm not a dumb person. I'm just not I'm not getting the way that you're saying it. So please try and explain it in a different way. And as advisors, it is our role and our responsibility to do that because we cannot be asking our clients to sign it on a dotted line if they don't know what they're signing. So the role around financial literacy education is so important and it needs to start young, right? It needs to start at the beginning. And and it's tough because we've been, you know, we grew up in societies where we didn't talk about money. We didn't talk about financial statements, how much we made, how much something costs. But it is, it's changing that narrative and the narrative has to start with the advisors to make sure that we are explaining it in a way that they understand. Right. I think just going back to that mindset and the ability to live in a world of abundance, if you don't have, you know, you don't understand the resources and don't have the clarity around what is the full picture. And it beca- it becomes very scary, especially when you've, you've grown up with this abundance, because I've seen, you know, time and time again, unfortunately, businesses can fail, right? And if, if there's not clarity around what the financial picture is saying, there's this continuous living through abundance that could end very unfortunate for the family where, you know, many items can be lost. And on the flip side, living in a mindset of scarcity. Right. If that's the way you grew up and and now you're building this enterprise and, and this legacy, but there's a fear of spending additional money or resources on advisors or facilitators or a potential opportunity because there's still an unclarity around what the financial picture is telling us. So coming at it from either side, there's 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 negatives to both sides. So that's where that financial literacy piece is so important. And as an advisor, again, I'm bringing it back to the advisor. Yes, the individual needs to say, I don't understand. But as advisors, we can often tell or we can see that that facial look that's like, okay, I am not explaining this in a way that you're understanding it comes back to me. It's changing the narrative from an advisor's perspective. Right. Yes. I, I think that there's there's ownerships uh, around the table and everyone taking ownership of the role that they play and how they can you know advance the, the education of each of those members around the table. Yeah. And Corey, as an individual sitting around a family table, is it going to be easy to say, I don't know what that says? 
especially if it's two or three or four meetings down the road, because there's that fear. And, and it could be that even that fear comes from that initial meeting, right? It's as you finally made your way to the table. And now there's this fear of, well, I didn't tell them four meetings ago that I don't understand this. I can't tell them now, but that's where that communication and trust comes into play, right? It's, it is, it's, it's having the courage to say, I'm, I'm still not getting this. I thought that after a few meetings, I would, you know, it would come to me what this is saying, but can somebody either maybe take it offline? So, you know, can we have a conversation about this outside of this meeting just to see, okay, so how can you explain it in a different fashion to me? It's not going to be easy, but it's important work to do because it's easier to do it four or five meetings down the road than three or four or five years down the road when you're now having that conversation that gets even more awkward. Right. Shana, let's go back to the family. Say, you know, mom's been running the the enterprise now for, for five years. And... The, the family has finally sat down around the table uh, because so many times I hear, oh, we had a family meeting. And what was that meeting? And well, you know, we were we had dinner together and we talked about something or we were walking across the farmyard and we had this conversation yeah. in that sense. Where do you see the starting of some of this structure, and we've had conversations and previous guests talk about governance, um, but specifically from working with those advisors and and the clarity around that financial confidence. I think it's making sure that the right people are at the table, right, and setting that from a fashion of because we go back to those you know those three systems that I talked about: family, business, and ownership. First of all, who needs to be at that at that table having that conversation? Because if the right people aren't at the table then it becomes, again, it's that lack of, of trust because, well, now you're having meetings without me <laughs> and then making sure that there's an advisor if needed at the table. But when you head into that meeting or any family meeting, it's understanding which hat you're putting on to understand that conversation that needs to be carried forward. So is this a business conversation? Is this a family conversation? Is this an ownership conversation? Because once we have that clarity around, okay, so who needs to be at the table? what hat am I bringing to the table, then we can set that, okay, what is the purpose of this meeting? And let's face it, family enterprises will sit around the dinner table and have conversation after conversation, and somebody might not be there, somebody might be there. But when we're having conversations around decision making for either the family, the business, or the ownership group, we need to make sure that there's some form of agenda. Yes. And it sounds so weird as a family to say, well, now we need an agenda to have a conversation. No, you can have conversations, but when it comes to any sort of decision-making, financial information sharing, then, okay, so what is the purpose of this meeting, right? What are the actions that we're going to take away from this meeting? Who is going to be at the meeting? And sort of what's the timeline on, on when we're going to, you know, come back with any actionable items that we need to, to attend to? And what sort of questions come out of that meeting and who needs to answer them? So it does, it sounds so odd from a family to say, well, we're not going to sit around the, the dinner table with an agenda. No, that's not what I'm saying. But when you're having a formal structured family meeting, let's make sure that the right people are there, that we're, you know, leaving our bias at the door, we're leaving relationships at the door. Here's our agenda. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's our decisions that need to be made. Absolutely. And Shana, you, you talked about the systems, uh, the three systems a few times. I want to just go back to you made comment of what hat am I wearing? Because, you know, identifying the the system that we're in is a great 
first point. Can you elaborate a little bit more on the hat that, that people yeah. wear? So important because in a family enterprise, those three systems, family, business, and ownership, you could have one individual that's involved in all three of those groups. So they could be an owner of the business, they could be operating the business, and they're obviously a member of the family. Where you could have other individuals who aren't actively owners or involved in the business, so they're sitting in this family system, right? So you want to make sure that when you're having those conversations, if this relates to the operations of the business, you're not bringing the family history and the family dynamics to the table. And you're not coming at it from an ownership side. You're coming at it from a, this is the business ownership group or the business, sorry, operations group. We need to be having these conversations about business specific. And these are the people that we need at that table. Versus if you're sitting uh, over at a family meeting that we talked about, and you're talking about the philanthropic interests or the goals of the family enterprise, you're not going to bring in the operations team from the business to have those conversations because this is a family decision. So that's why I say it's so important as you're having these conversations to understand what's my role in this particular conversation and making sure that we're not, you know, crossing the waves between, okay, I, I don't need to have, I don't need to bring this conversation here because it's not relevant to this topic. And also when we're having those conversations to make sure that all those voices are being heard, because there's so many times when there's that one person who, who's usually the quietest, who's not saying much, not asking many questions, but those are usually the smartest people in the room because they're taking notes, they're listening, right? That active listening. And every once in a while, they'll throw out a question that you're like, wow, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were, you know, if you were just sort of sitting there in the corner, not not really engaged in this conversation, but what they're doing is gathering all the information so that they can throw with that gold nugget of a question to help things move forward. So making sure that all those voices are heard. I like that. And yes, being a parent versus being a a, a shareholder or you know a, a director is, is very different roles within that that system or those systems as they Absolutely, because as a as a shareholder, so in the ownership group, if you're not involved in the day to day operations, you coming in all of a sudden and telling whether it's accounts payable, well, this is how you should be paying your suppliers, or this is how you should be collecting from your customers. There's this crossing of of interest, and there's already a process designed there by the individuals that created that process, and now you're upsetting the apple cart, so to speak, and that's again where that trust you know, really, really starts to come into play and family dynamics start to come into play. And it's just, you know, that next generation that's coming in is going, well, now you're questioning how I'm doing things. And, and yeah, that's not what anybody needs as the transition of, of generation comes in. Right. Shauna, let's, let's go back to the advisors. And you made, you made a comment about that it might, you know, the advisors might change over time. And you also said, we're, we're having family dinner, we not, might not bring the operations team from the business into those conversations. Although I quite often have heard stories and, and experienced where those are the trusted advisors, the the team that is is working in the business with the family are the trusted advisors, and they get brought into maybe some non-business financial discussions. Can you kind of explain that approach and how the family can be aware of the biases and things within those conversations? 
Well, Corey, I think that's the most important piece is when you're bringing in those individuals that are actively involved in the operations of the business, what hat are they bringing to the table in that conversation? So are they looking out for the best interest of themselves as actively engaged in the operations? Are they bringing, are they seeing the viewpoint from the family to make sure that, okay, your values are aligned? More importantly, do they have clarity on your family values? Do they have clarity around the mission and the vision of the family enterprise to make sure that what they're bringing to the table is aligned with that? Because the work that we can do as family enterprises to go through and create this structure and that guiding post with your vision, mission, and values, if you put it aside and the decisions are based on, well, Joe and operations think we should do this, or you know, real estate agent over here says we should do this, but you're not tying it back to what that vision, mission, and values look like, then why did we go through that work? And the generations that are coming in are going to be asking the same questions, right? Especially if Joe and operations has been there since, you know, the operation started and there's that clear alignment with first generation, right? So it really starts to become this, this challenge of who do we bring in from an outside perspective or from an unbiased perspective, because there absolutely can be internal team members that have an unbiased perspective that understand the goals, the vision, the mission, the values that you can bring into that conversation, but making sure that as they're providing that guidance, that you're asking those good questions. Well, why do you think we should go this way? How do you think that aligns with our values? How does that align with our vision and our mission in order to get where we're going? Right. Any any advice that you would have for the family if they realize they have the wrong person in the room? It's very easy to say as professionals, those of us who have letters behind our names, but that not isn't necessarily the case that you it doesn't just need to be this person has credentials. Uh, is do you have some insight on on how the the family can say, you know what, this person has the skill set, doesn't have the bias, or has left it at the the door? Well, let's be clear, Corey, because even when we bring in individuals with letters behind their names, they can sometimes not be the right person in the room. Right? So let's be clear on that. Letters are not, professionals are not, sometimes that's not the right fit. They don't understand the values and the vision and the goals. So it's making sure. So first of all, it's it's continuously tying it back to, do they understand the mission, the vision, and the values of our organization, of our enterprise? Is this something that's clear to them? When they're having conversations with us, are they making sure that everyone's voice is heard, right? Or are they only focusing their alignment with one individual? More importantly, making sure that any advisor or individual that you're bringing in, the objective for the advisor isn't to say, this is what you should do. Here are the options. As a family enterprise, it is your responsibility and you're and you want to be able to make the decision on the strategic direction or any decision making because if you, the decisions aren't being made as a family, you're not necessarily going to get buy-in from all individuals, which again causes that lack of trust and that that issue. So, you know, it's going back to even the the graduating class commencement speech. A great leader, a great advisor understands their role, stays in their lane. So they're not dipping out into, well, now I'm going to provide a legal advice when I'm an accountant. So let's not get into that. 
surrounds themselves with other professionals, brings in those individuals that, you know what, this conversation isn't something that I can support you with, right? So we need to bring in this individual and that all of them are working together for the common goal of the overall family enterprise. It's not about them. It's about the family enterprise. That's great. I think ties into as we come to the end of our conversation today and start to wrap up our episode, there's a few questions that I ask each guest. And Shauna, feel free, because I, I think that repeating those three comments that you made are very important. And maybe we'll, we'll start there. In your experience, what are the top three qualities that successful family enterprise advisors possess? Well, Corey, I think a great family enterprise advisor will focus on planning with the family, not for the family. Okay, so let's repeat that. A great family enterprise or a great family enterprise advisor will focus on planning with the family, not for the family. Because if you don't have overall buy-in from the family, the chances that something is going to succeed gets reduced, right? A great family enterprise is going to ask questions and listen, right? One of my, two of my great mentors, that was the key skill that they taught me. When you go into a meeting, ask questions and shut up. You don't need to, you don't need to, you know, articulate how smart you are or how much you know. You need to learn more about that family and that family enterprise than they know about you, right? Because our objective isn't to tell the family what they should do. Our objective should be to help them get to where they want to be. So, I mean, those are three things I'm going to throw in a fourth because a great family enterprise advisor can't solve all the problems, right? A great family enterprise advisor is going to work to get to the root of the problem uh, of the family enterprise, is going to try and solve, help them solve, and then provide some guidance. Our role is going to be to help the family make a decision, not make a decision for them. Great. What is one key strategy you believe is most essential for building a successful family enterprise? That strategy is going to start. Actually, Corey, I'm going to, I'm going to preface it with this because the best strategy for any family enterprise is the strategy that works best for them <laughs> because that's where we need to start. But the strategy that I, that I would always start with um, is to understand your vision, mission, and values as a family enterprise. Because that's going to be your starting point. It's going to be your goalpost, your framework as you continue moving down that journey. Um, and it can start small. Right? If you're in the if you're in this initial stages, you're starting down this journey, you need to start creating this framework so that you can build successfully upon it. So that's where that's that's so important. I see where some family enterprises are lacking. It's that unclarity un on where are we going, how are we getting there, and what are our true core values. That's great. And would you say that that's the most common challenge that you see family enterprises encountering when it comes to the transition of wealth or just that generational continuity? Sadly, Corey, reality shows that about, I think it's 30% of family-owned businesses make it to the second generation, about 13% to the third and only 3% to the fourth and beyond. And the top reason surrounding that is because of a breakdown of communication and trust. Right. So when we think back to that overlap between the three systems, the family, the business and the ownership group, add in different family dynamics, different personalities, historical relationships, perspectives, it's tough. Right? It is tough. So it's really focusing on how do we have conversations as a family? And I've said a lot of this, but it's looking at it from remembering a few key things. What hat am I wearing to the table for this conversation? Is this a family conversation, a business conversation, or an ownership conversation? Once you know what type of conversation you're having, make sure that the right people are at the table. 
right? Let's make sure that we're inviting everybody that should be there at the table so we don't, you know, come to this conclusion and then, oh, well, Sally should have been in this conversation, but it's okay. She'll just go along with the family. No, maybe Sally had some other some other ideas. And making sure that all voices are heard. Maybe Sally is there, but she's not saying much. Making sure that you're engaging that person to say, okay, how does this make you feel? How do you think this aligns with our value and our vision? Leave the emotions at the door. Awesome. And this is, this is so challenging. And then the last one, Corey, you know, those tough conversations might just help require the help of a facilitator. And, and it's not, it's not a, it's not uncommon to ask for that support. Great. And before we conclude our discussion today, I'd like to highlight where our listeners can engage more in your conversation, Shauna. Can you kindly provide us some insights uh, specifically about your podcast? Yeah, you bet. So we have um, the Finance Cafe podcast where it is geared towards uh, changing the narrative around financial literacy for women entrepreneurs and women in business. Because we know that for far too long, women have been either left out of the conversation because they haven't been in the business that long. So it's really removing the stereotype, normalizing the conversation, where we uh, join guests on our, we have guests join us on our podcast, whether they're entrepreneurs or women advisors that support women entrepreneurs to really break down the conversation around money, finance, and running your business. So we're on all of the uh, major platforms, Spotify, Apple, or you can check us out on our website at thefinancecafe.ca. Awesome. And I wanted to make sure that we covered everything in our conversation. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Maybe we didn't get the chance to touch on. I think I touched on it a bit, Corey, but it's reaching out to the different organizations across Canada that are supporting family enterprises. Family Enterprise Canada is one great resource where you can find a lot of great free resources on there, or you can join their membership. Um, and it is, it's, we can't possibly know everything. <laughs> so as we're starting down this, whether we're starting down our family enterprise journey, or you've been in it for quite some time, seek the resources, seek out other family enterprises in your area, have conversations, because we can only grow and learn from uh, the more we know what is, yeah, the knowledge is power. Um, and knowing what we don't know is wisdom. So educate yourselves and your families. Awesome. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your experiences and expertise with us today. Your insights have been incredibly valuable and I'm grateful for the conversation that we've been able to have. Well, Corey, thank you so much for bringing this conversation to the table because I do think it's important and I appreciate being part of it. Today, we had the privilege of diving deep into the world of family wealth with Shauna Frederick. I hope you found the conversation as enlightening and valuable as I did. Throughout our discussion, Shauna shared incredible insights and strategies for building successful family enterprises and leaving a lasting legacy. We explored the power of embracing uncertainty and the strength in admitting, I don't know, especially for women in family enterprises. We delved into the challenges faced by the rising generation, emphasizing the need for continuous learning and open communication. Additionally, Shauna highlighted the importance of advisors adopting a collaborative approach, understanding the complex dynamics within family enterprises for comprehensive advice. It's these valuable insights that can truly make a difference in your own journey of legacy building. I want to express my deepest gratitude to Shauna for generously sharing her time, expertise, and knowledge with us. Her experience and expertise in financial literacy with entrepreneurial women brings a unique perspective to our exploration of family enterprises. Her insights have provided us with actionable strategies to take control of our wealth and build a lasting legacy. 
If you'd like to learn more about Shauna and her services, you can find her at frederickotg.com. I highly encourage you to connect with her and explore how she could support your family enterprise on its path to success. Thank you for joining me, Corey Gagnon, your host of Legacy Builders Podcast. It's my personal passion to explore with you these topics related to family wealth. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform. And don't forget to share this episode with family, friends, and colleagues who you care about. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything shared on today's episode, or have topics you'd like us to dive deeper into in future episodes, please let us know by emailing beaconfamilyoffice at asante.com. That's beaconfamilyoffice at A-S-S-A-N-T-E dot com. Legacy Builders, Strategies for Building Successful Family Enterprises is brought to you by Beacon Family Office at Asante. Are you worried about losing what you've created and seeking ways to transition your wealth across generations? Beacon Family Office at Asante supports our clients transition their wealth while maintaining relationships. If you'd like to access more content we've created, you can visit us at beaconfamilyoffice.com or for more details on our services and book an initial call. Thanks again for listening. And until next episode, stay intentional about building your legacy. This program was prepared by Corey Gagnon, who is a senior wealth advisor with Beacon Family Office at Asante Financial Management Limited. This is not an official program of Asante Financial Management, and the statements and opinions expressed during this podcast are not necessarily those of Asante Financial Management. This show is intended for general information only and may not apply to all listeners or investors. Please obtain professional financial advice or contact us at beaconfamilyoffice at asante.com or visit beaconfamilyoffice.com to discuss your particular circumstances prior to acting on the information presented.